0: It is Monday, April third, twenty twenty-three. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Plouffe joining us from our fiftieth state out there, where he's been playing catch with a football with Matthew Stafford. Isn't it nice? Isn't it fun throwing with a, uh, an NFL quarterback?
1: Uh, not really. Oh, you got the video already ready to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was nervous because if you've ever played catch with a quarterback, you know, they zip the ball differently than your freaking buddy down the street. Okay. So luckily for me, he brought me some gloves because if I didn't have those, that thing was going to hit me in the face. Like he throws the ball very hard. And I know like this is, I told him, I said, you know, on the video, it, it doesn't do it justice. Like the ball was humming, man. And we had like an audience. People people start to see Matthew Stafford. They say, who's his new receiver he's got there? Is that his new teammate? Because I look so good. <laughs> so there are people filming us. My catch rate, let me tell you guys, we threw 100 passes. I dropped three balls. So 97% catch rate here. Okay. Not bad.
0: Not bad. My thumb's were uh, yeah, hurting so by the end, Chris. Stop being a, such a puss. You know, your, your uh, ability is the reason that Allen Robinson is on the trade block out there with the Rams. <laughs> That's it. They could use me. Uh so today's episode is sponsored by MLB 9 Innings. It has a wide variety of game modes from league mode, users play through the entire season to live play by play. They have over 2000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster as well. The most up-to-date rosters, team logos, ballparks, unis and they've included new historic players to the MLB 9 Innings roster. Hall of Famer's Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Michael Jack Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman, they're all there for consumption. So download and play MLB 9 Innings 23 today with the link in the description. And oh, by the way, at the end of the week on Friday's show, we will have our MLB 9 Innings question of the week. If we use your question, you will get Baseball Today swag. So make sure you get it in by Thursday night so we can make you famous and use it on Friday's show. Um, we got to roll through cause there was so much good stuff this weekend. So, so let's, let let's get to it, dude. And I'm wearing my new Texas Rangers lid. Thank you, Dave Eichinger for the sweet cap because they swept the defending nationally champion, Philadelphia Phillies. How big a deal is that for each of these teams?
1: Uh, for the Rangers, I think it's a massive deal. I just talked about them a lot on, on, on talking baseball, Sweeping a series, Chris, it's already extremely difficult for any team to do it. And then you do it against, like you said, the reigning National League champs. It's a really nice way uh, to start the season. And even the way they did it in game one, they were down five, nothing um, and going up against Aaron Nola. And they put up a nine spot, a nine oh. spot in the fourth. And this is a point I made earlier. Uh, DeGrom comes from the Mets. He's a guy that didn't get a lot of run support in his pitches while he was there. That was a thing for him to kind of, you know, he didn't have his best stuff kind of put up some, you know, ho-hum numbers, although there wasn't a lot of hard contact, kind of like Dinkin and Duncan, but for him to be picked up by his offense in game one, I think all of a sudden now he's got a bunch of confidence in his team. Like, Hey, I don't gotta be perfect. So it takes a little bit of a burden off his uh, shoulders. And then for the uh, team offensively to know that they can go, you know, come back down 5 nothing and put up these numbers, I think is great. And this is a team that we all probably slept on because we wanted to see improve it because we haven't seen the Rangers be good. But if you look up and down the lineup, there's I mean, there are some real deal ball players. They're a very capable roster that I think we all wanted to prove it to us. I know it's one series, but so far so good. They're proving it and I'm hoping, Chris, that this is just the start of a really fun Texas Rangers team that has some depth, has, you know, some dudes there that can do it. And by the way, they remember they have fucking Jacob DeGrom on their team, dude. So a great start for them. And for the Phillies, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think it's more important for the Rangers than it is bad for the Phillies.
0: A few things about the Rangers here. Um, This is not the little engine that could, this is not going to be one of those feel good stories. They spent a half a billion dollars on two guys the offseason before to fortify the infield. They spent almost $200 million on one starting pitcher alone. And, oh, by the way, they brought in Nathan Avaldi. And, oh, by the way, the guy that pitched last night spectacularly, Martin Perez, is making almost 20 mil this year. So this is not like, oh, that cute little feel-good story. This is a team where you got to show up. Like, this is what I expect them to do. Maybe not sweep series. But, yeah, roll through some squads. Show what you're about. You know, there's, you believe in them like this? No, but this is what I want to see out of them. Okay. It's I shouldn't be surprised when the Rangers sweep a series from a good team. That's what I'm saying. Like they spent a shitload of money, go out and be the ball players that you are. Let's roll. The thing I was impressed about this weekend is that they, they nailed Nola. They took it in Wheeler's game as well. They put up 27 runs in those two games, and then they won the third game in an entirely different fashion, two to ones. Yes. That to me shows me something.
1: I have that on my notes as well. Like you know, you can go and bang the ball around for a couple games, and you, you're just you're just hot, and you know you win that way, and it's easy. But to go win two one in the last game to get the sweep, I mean, yeah, that's that is a complete series for them. And like I said, it's about as good as you could hope for. For a Rangers. And I'm glad that you said that because you're right. This is not a Cinderella team. We're not talking about that. Like they did spend that money. There's some, like I said, there are some guys that have accomplished a lot on that roster. Uh, we just haven't seen them in that uniform do it together. Like we kind of thought maybe last year we would see some good things that just that didn't happen for them. So far, so good.
0: Yeah. Now, the one thing as as we continue to move on through the season, um, I need to see their bullpen. Like, to me, that's the biggest question mark. And if they're going to be serious about something, maybe they end up making deals in the summer months. So that's something that I'll be watching. By the way, can we make an agreement here? Let's not use the phrases, it's early or small sample size. Because when we're talking about baseball the first couple weeks of the year, that's inherently baked in. I hate it. I've done it. I've been, I'm guilty as charged. Of saying those stupid phrases. Well, it's a very small sample size, or I know it's really early. We know that when we're talking about it, we don't need to say it. You, you know
1: who says that? The team on the losing side. Ah, oh, one series, small sample size. The Rangers are like, no, this is a big deal. Let's go do it. I agree with you, though. Look, this, they, they came out and punched Philly in the freaking mouth. Totally. They, they, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? They came out and announced their presence with authority, See Rosie. Oh, they took him behind the woodshed. They did. They freaking did. Bruce Bochy, <laughs> what's up, bro, with your limp? I kind of dig it, dude. Is that a fake limp well, or did he said, have surgery?
0: No, no, no. He said he uh he told Buster only. I think it was, was it Buster? No, no it was Ravage that uh, did the interview with him, that he had his knee replaced. And he said he grew an inch. Now he he got his yeah he got his knee replaced and so he's like uh, feeling way better uh, you know uh, your name's Carl right uh, so yeah he's he's doing really well that was good <laughs> by the way Philly tough turnaround they play the Sunday night game and now they got to go into the boogie down for the next three games yeah ouch all right more lasting memory from Saturday's action Trace Thompson nearly hitting for the home run cycle or. Boston being down to its last out stays alive on a drop fly ball. And then Adam Duvall with a
1: walk-off. Uh, for me, it's the drop ball turned walk-off. I mean, that's an absolute gut punch, a gut punch to any team, but especially like a young team that like is you know out to prove that they really belong. Um, and I don't care if you ever like played baseball or not, like stepped on field, whatever, like you instantly know how that felt for McKenna. And if you're a baseball fan, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Baseball has a weird way of working out like that. I mean, that was about as routine of a fly ball as you can get. And McKenna's a good outfielder, like Defensively, yeah. Like they put him in for defensive purposes. So, like, hits the ball. Batista's like, yeah, let's go. I did my job. You know, got Yoshi to pop up. And he just didn't follow it in the whole way. Kind of, like, came back towards the middle of the field, which fly balls do uh, down the line like that uh very difficult and then duval comes up was two pitches later right it was a one zero pitch hits the walk-off home run and then with like these stadium lights they have nowadays see rosie the led ones they can like pop on and off and they do the whole like celebration i thought that like scene of them like going to bautista going to mckenna like it's just made it so much more dramatic and sad um Again, like if you watch baseball, you just know like you can't give extra outs like that because the baseball gods don't like it. So sucks Fenway for Park. them. But you also kind of got to like Pat Duvall in the back there and say, "Hey, you did it." Wasn't like a hey. foregone conclusion, although like you had the momentum on your side now. But to go out and win that game, that was a that was a big series and a big uh, a big misplay right there. Obviously,
0: what a Fenway series debut for thirty four year old Adam Duvall. He was all over the box score this weekend against the Orioles. I do want to show uh, some love to Trace Thompson. Yeah. You know, he's just, all he's forever going to be known as Clay's bro. And that's fine. You know, you're talking about a borderline Hall of Famer in pro basketball. One of the Splash Brothers. Four-time NBA champ. The whole bit. One of the greatest shooters ever. And you're like, oh, yeah, Trace. Oh, yeah, he plays professional sports too and he's bounced around to almost a half dozen teams I think and you know last year Detroit traded him and nobody thought much of it and then we went to the offseason we we're like okay are the Dodgers going to add a shortstop they're going to add a center fielder and they did really neither big time um and Trace Thompson's going to get his shot and he's going to get his fair share of at-bats and for him in that first start to go do what he did almost hit for the home run cycle freaking awesome good for him man
1: and those were bombs and like really good swings. Not you know. I know there was the off speed pitch for the first one. I think he got a 2-0 pitch for a second one. Like it was all kinds of uh at, at counts and at bats there, but locked in. Man, looks really good. That's nice. I, I I don't I don't really agree with you that he's uh Chris Thompson's brother, Clay Thompson's brother. I don't know. I, I guess I don't watch enough basketball. What do you mean? I don't. I, I, oh, I I've seen you Chase Thompson do a lot sport? of good things.
0: Yeah, but you're a you're a baseball head. If you just went to a sports fan, let's say that was.
1: Um, I get it. it I know a, what you're a saying. Baseball fan of
0: it. there, it's not even close.
1: We're talking. I know, about what, you're I know what you're saying. I know. Splash Brothers. Trace Thompson go win the World Series with the Dodgers, then have that parade, and then and look. hey, Clay comes to the games and wears uh, his brother's jersey. He's oh, done that before in L.A. Love it's it. Cool.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, we were doing intentional talk about. I want to say eight. Years ago, or so, eight or nine years ago, at Dodger Stadium, and he was behind us taking BP, and he hit one out. Uh, he and Kevin Love were on the same little league team. Oh, really? Yeah. Not not who? Kevin so Love ball a little, little bit. Oh yeah, they were. Uh, they just missed out, I think, on making the Little League World Series.
1: Were they just tall as shit? Probably. Yeah.
0: And by the way, they're both pretty good athletes. So yeah. You know they probably could do it a little bit. Uh, I do want to throw this nugget in there. Sox became just the third team since 1901 to score as many as nine runs in their first three games of the season, joining the '76 Reds, big red machine, and the '78 Bruisers. So Boston, that that yeah. older lineup,
1: getting it. You knew they could the- go a little bit. Yeah, we did. Baseball fans, America's pastime is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. I should know something about that. 106 homers in the show. Plus, everyone can get in on the major league action with a no sweat bet from DraftKings. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code BASEBALL TODAY. New customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code BASEBALL TODAY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for the tails.
0: All right, so we talked about Texas. There are also two other unbeaten teams so far. Uh Rays swept the Tigers. Twins did the same to Kansas City. Which one made more of a statement, in your opinion?
1: You know who I'm gonna talk about, bro. Come on now. I, I, I assume you old. knew I was gonna do that, so you took the Rays. Although the Rays looked great, Springs doing his dang thing. But the Twins. And you know what was great about the Twins uh, sweeping? I know it was against the Royals. Uh starting pitching looked great. And I think coming into the season them adding lopez and and we're kind of looking at their rotations yeah, it's pretty good uh if you follow any of the beat writers uh for minnesota the thing they'll say is it's is probably the best rotation that rocco Baldelli's had in his tenure there and probably one of the better rotations they've had in i don't know 10 years 15 years like it's it's uh-huh. it's been a while and they went out 16 and a third innings pitch one run the only run was a, a solo homer off joe ryan um, They looked good in all facets of the game. Joey Gallo getting it going a little bit there uh, offensively, had some defensive plays as well. Uh, Like their bullpen looked great. Like the the guys that they're going to rely on uh, in like the late inning, high leverage situations, they all came in, got some work in and looked good. It was kind of an all around type uh, series win for them or a sweep for them. Uh, So a great way to start. They go into Miami now, see Rosie could the twins end up being 6 and 0 heading back home to play the astros that's a very you know reasonable uh idea right there i think they're coming out strong they're very confident every single person i've talked to in there i know spring training everyone's confident but it was just a little bit different when i talked to you guys and how they their expectations are very high in minnesota and small sample size but 3 and 0 with a chance to really you know get some breathing room in the AL Central, right away. Go Twins, we should, go. We should
0: put a uh, some sort of uh cliche jar or something out there that we donate to every time you put one of those in. Small sample size. Stop. Don't do this to me. Don't get me fired up on a Monday here. Um, so you said I, I would take the raise, and that, that's because it's actually the right answer. Oh, they okay. outscored the Tigers 21-3. to three. I get it. Both Detroit and Kansas City, neither of them are going to lead the world in team OPS or OPS plus or whatever you fall in love with whatever metric point is both those squads are going to be, be near the bottom this year so we understand that uh like springs yesterday six no hit innings career high 12 strikeouts the whole bit and real, it's not the pitching with that team it's whether or not they're going to do enough to hit Wander Franco is off to a tremendous start so far he's going to have to be we want to see him be the best version of himself. You know, when he came up, he came up late his first year last year. He didn't get enough at bats because of injuries. So I want to see will the real, real Wander Franco, or you could say, will the wheel Wanda Franco please stand up? Because <laughs> that's what well, I want to see. They didn't make any offensive moves this offseason. They were like, okay, we're good. So let's see if we're good.
1: They looked good. Okay. Whether it was, you know, defensively, Margot getting in, uh, diving in right field in game one and kind of saving the game there. You talk about Wander, what he could do. Uh, pitch is going to be their calling card, but I think offensively, like, they're going to they're gonna have good enough at-bats and, like, they're another roster I think is underrated. You know, we, we just kind of have this vision of the Rays, like, you know, they're going to hit maybe barely enough, but they're going to pitch their way into the playoffs and they have uh, you know, all these relievers that do different things. But, like, I think they're turning into a little bit more well-rounded team kind of right in front of our eyes. And they're going to be a problem in the, in the AL East too. They really are.
0: I didn't think they did enough offensively in the offseason. I was kind of disappointed with them. I, I put two teams in a, in a similar boat in that division. I didn't think Baltimore did enough with their pitching. And I didn't think Tampa did enough with their offense, because I think even though Tampa is ahead of Baltimore in terms of baseball maturity, um. I just feel like they're lacking something, but I could be wrong. Passon did throw out a quote yesterday or a tweet. He says, boy, once Tyler Glass now comes back, this rotation is just going to be filthy. He said you could make an argument they're the best in baseball when he comes back.
1: Yeah, no, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they're going to be six strong at that point, maybe, maybe even some more. Uh, but when you talk about their offense, I mean, if you just plug two guys in, a Franco and a Rosarena, I mean, those guys can carry teams. They can, especially a Rosarena. Like, Wander's got to slug a little bit more for me, which I think he will Yeah. Uh, eventually. He's freaking young, dude. Uh, but those two guys are, like, so exciting. And, and like, they'll create havoc, man. Like, that's what the Rays do. They create havoc. Hey, talk right, about Orioles. On, you mentioned the Orioles, see Rosie. Yeah. Orioles and the Red Sox, the things we said about them in the offseason were true. Like, the rotations, they didn't do enough there. Uh, Boston, same thing, question marks. And both of them just got banged up in that series against each other. Yeah,
0: well, we know that funny stuff happens at Fenway, too.
1: Funny business, okay.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I've covered enough games there to know that 6-1 to means nothing in that place. Uh, We have to move on to a discussion that we don't, quite frankly, we don't like to have. As of the taping this show, the league has not ruled on anything regarding Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon. Had a little dust-up with a fan who apparently was calling him something. In Oakland, they have this weird walkout from the dugout where the players are open. It's not, they don't cut through the back of the dugout. So you then have another verbal confrontation area. That's what happened. If you didn't see the clip on social media for like the one or two people out there, here's what
1: happened. Calm down.
0: So Rendon swung at him after saying, you called me a bitch. You called me a bitch. Yeah, you mother. So there was a back and forth. How do you think the league should handle this?
1: I mean, he's going to get suspended. And I I think he probably should. I mean, look, you mentioned Oakland and that weird, you know, walkway there. Not only like if you want to go back up to the clubhouse to get something like during the game, you're like mingling. You're literally mingling with fans. There's like a concession stand right behind there that people are getting popcorn at. And you're in your uniform running up these stairs. It's, it's, it's not a good situation because things like this can happen and look i don't think fans should be able to say whatever they want i'm not one of those people said oh you bought a ticket you could do whatever he wants no bullshit dude like you still need to like understand like you can't be disrespectful like that and in many instances security will if a fan's like super unruly and using profanity too much they'll get him out of there Uh, but things like this happen like if you're a baseball player you have to understand like you're gonna get taunted a lot man people said incredibly mean things to me all the time uh and for rendon i mean like I know, you know, he, he, maybe he's been frustrated because he's been hurt. He's finally back on the field. I, I don't know what that is all about, but you can't, you can't get it over the hump like that. Like, you can't take it to that level. Like, if you want to say something back to him, say something back to him. But you can't physically grab somebody. Like, you just can't do that. He knows that. And I thought, you know what? Like, he kind of looks bad in this situation. He came out and, you know, no comment. I can't comment ongoing uh, investigation, so I can't comment. And like, he was kind of laughing about it. I just, man, I think he should have just said sorry. Like, it was a a guy I got caught up in the moment. This guy was saying some things to me. I apologize. I should not have done that. That's what he should have said. I think think he looks really bad in the situation. He really does.
0: This is not the worst thing we've ever seen. This is not the worst fan player interaction. I remember two decades ago. When Chad Kruder of the Dodgers got into it with a fan in Wrigley Field and put his hands around the person's neck and all that sort of stuff, um, but this is inexcusable on yeah. both ends. If I'm the A's, I've said this countless times that if I'm the owner of a club, it is not your right to buy a ticket. Like you don't. This is a private industry, so if I don't want you in my stadium, I can say no. You're not welcome. I would say, you know what, sir, I don't want you here anymore. Your money's not good here. So you can go away, uh, no matter what role you played in it, meaning, yes, you did say something to the fan, as long as we can corroborate that that did happen, that it was that person that said it to Rendon, I would say, I don't want your money. It's not that important to me to have you in my stadium. With Anthony Rendon, you cannot put your hands on somebody. I wouldn't have had a problem if Rendon had turned and said, hey, fuck you. I wouldn't have, because I actually dig it when Kevin Durant turns around to somebody in the front row who's been getting on him all game, yelling stuff left and right and turn around and say fuck you bitch. Like I'm okay with that. I don't it do, doesn't bother me. As a parent, like somebody would say, what if he said that to your kid? Well, if my kid said something to him, then he deserves it. Now we can't cross into the line of being physical. I'm just not it go it can go too wrong too quickly there on a lot of fronts, on a lot, a lot of fronts.
1: I gotta be honest with you, I, I think it makes you look soft if you respond like that. It does. I don't think it makes you look tough, even though in the moment you're like, dude, fuck this guy. Like, if this was a real world situation, I would go and, and handle business. But like it's not a real world situation. You're you're an athlete and it's just part of it. Getting heckled is just part of it. And you letting this is what I always tell guys, because we would go, you know, you go to the Bronx, you go to Boston was really tough. The White Sox uh, uh, fans are pretty tough on you. Philadelphia, like these are parks where you're going to get heckled. And I would tell young guys, like, don't give these guys the pleasure of you reacting because that's what they want. If you just drown it out and don't do anything, it, they lose. They get mad. They spent this whole day yelling at someone and got zero reaction. They're going to go home and be like, oh, I feel kind of like an idiot now. But if you react at all, they win. It doesn't matter how it ends up. They win that because of you reacting towards them. That's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get a reaction out of you, and you gave it to them. So I I actually think it's a little soft to react. And I tried my best not to do it. There were times where I responded, sure. Uh, But overall, my thought process was like, don't let these guys win. I think that's the best way to handle it.
0: Real quickly, because we got to get going. Over, under three and a half games suspension.
1: Over. I think and he's going to get like a, I, I think he's like a week and, and then bring it down to five or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, let's do this one quickly. Which fan base was most impressed by a new dude on their squad?
1: Could be the red Sox and Adam Duvall. Right. I mean, to come up and do that, the walk-off Homer plus some other, uh, you know, big at bats there. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people you could, uh, talk about, but to me, you know, the walk-off aspect of it probably puts him at the top, especially because like I said, like you get put in that situation and you know, you have the momentum, but to go do it is is something different. So, you know, you get a victory walk-off, you get the led lights celebrating. I think, um, I think they're going to be happy. And I talked about Duvall a little bit earlier on talking baseball, like Red Sox just have a thing for bringing in kind of like an older uh, outfield uh, raker you know, Hunter Renfro to Adam Duvall, like who's going to be next for them. Like they've seemingly kind of found that equation. Uh, so I'll go Duvall. I think uh, Red Sox fans are going to like him. But It's a great pick.
0: Could have gone Xander uh, out in San Diego. I'm going to go Kodai Senga. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. wanted to make sure I was tuned into his his debut and he was all over the place in that first inning he even admitted how nervous he was this is a guy who's highly decorated coming over from Japan and he didn't look any part of a 75 million dollar pitcher but then after that he retired 15 of his last 17 eight strikeouts that fork ghost thing that he throws is just freaking nasty i love mm-hmm. it that he's got it on his mitt like the have you seen the logo that's on his mitt it's awesome Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, And he's an important part of what the Mets want to accomplish, particularly with the injuries right now to Verlander and Jose Quintana. Big part of of what they're doing right out of the gate. I do want to mention one other guy quickly because I love good stories from my Cleveland Guardians, 26-year-old left-hander Tim Heron. He struck out, he made his major league debut. So not only his team debut, his major league debut yesterday in Seattle. He struck out all four men that he faced. He is the first player to do that in the sports history since it moved to its current mound distance of 60 feet, six inches back in 1893. So just a tip of the cap to a guy who was a 29th round pick out of Indiana. I think it's a cool little story to share.
1: Two things. One, I can't believe you haven't asked me a question about your Guardians taking three or four in Seattle. You're trying to be a little non-bias here. What's going on with that? And number two, since you gave two, I want to give two. Dansby Swanson endearing himself to the Wrigleyville faithful on opening day, I think was pretty cool. I know they lost two or three, but uh, he had you know, a huge part in that game one victory. So Dansby looking good in the threads too.
0: We will be talking about the Guardians at some point. A lot of people are like, well, why didn't you pick them to win the Central? All that sort of stuff. I have a hard time talking about my Guardians. I love them so much. I have a hard time.
1: And they so, look good, bro. That was a, that's a, probably game. the most impressive series uh, in, in the opening weekend was them going into Seattle and taking three or four.
0: Yep, I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, last one. A uh, cooler thing that we saw over the weekend. The Reds busting out the Viking helmet and the big old like cape. Uh, every time they go deep or the Padres fans celebrating San Diego state's buzzer beater to make it to the
1: men's championship game. This one's a no brainer for me. It's, it's, you know, I don't do the home run celebration thing. I'm not a fan of it, dude, because like I said, it looks fun and you're having a good time. I don't want to be a hater, but like, what are you going to do, you know, in a meaningless game in freaking June, when you're getting your butt kicked and you hit a home run, you're going to put the freaking thing on, you're going to put that on. I, I don't know, man. But the San Diego State thing was incredible. I, I love when uh, sports uh, intermingle like that. And I think they even opened up the park early so that like, fans could go in and, and watch the game, which I thought was really cool. San Diego like firing on all cylinders right now. Like they're doing it the right way. I think they're, they're changed. I think, I don't know, man, like they just are figured it out, like how to engage their fans. And like, you saw this, this was incredible. And, and this is obviously just kind of a coincidence, but to have the wherewithal to open the stadium up, bring these people in. I think it's cool, man. We're talking about it now, like more and more, we're just talking about the San Diego Padres and their fans in the city of San Diego. So I, I love it.
0: You know, whenever I talk about the Padres, I talk about how they're the only show in town. And I get a lot of people in the comments. Like, come on. I mean, they're cute. Their football team's fine. Basketball team has been good over the last several years, but never kind of took that next step, all this sort of stuff. I have a cool story. Our oldest son Josh works on the Padres' broadcast on their pre and post game shows, and he was actually in the truck, and they're like 15 seconds from starting the show, as San Diego State gets the rebound and they go down, and they're watching the cameras on the fans in the you know in the stadium, and they're watching the game simultaneously. So they're 15 seconds from starting the show, and San Diego State's bringing the ball down court. They said he said it was just the craziest time of his awesome. life in terms of work so far. So he said it was awesome. That was great. Um, once again, quick reminder, don't forget. To speak in. Uh, that is important stuff. It's MLB nine innings question of the week. Get that in by Thursday. So we can get you some baseball today swag. We're going to be rocking and rolling every day, Monday through Friday, right here on baseball today for our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the talented Matthew Stafford receiver. I don't know if he's going to play in the slot or not. Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.